I will never forget the phone call. It was three o'clock early Sunday morning, and I was, quote, sleeping between contractions, unquote, in the obstetrics call room at the hospital while waiting to do a delivery. I was being paged from one of my patients out of state. She had gone south for vacation. Well, the condom had just broken, and she wanted me to prescribe the morning after pill. Unfortunately, the pharmacy she gave me was not open at 3 a.m. Sunday morning, so I had to call her back and then call another pharmacy. At least one of us had an enjoyable evening. You are listening to ReachMD on XM 157, right next to Oprah. We are the channel for medical professionals. In this show, we will be discussing emergency contraception. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Michael Benson, a clinical assistant professor in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Northwestern University in Chicago. With me today is Dr. Robert Hatcher. Dr. Hatcher is a professor of gynecology and obstetrics at the Emory University School of Medicine. Many in our audience will recognize him as the lead author of Contraceptive Technology, perhaps the most comprehensive book on contraception available. First written by Dr. Hatcher in 1967, the book's 19th edition will be available shortly. Welcome, Dr. Hatcher. Nice to be with you, Dr. Benson. Well, the first question I have on behalf of our primary care audience is, what is emergency contraception? What is a dose of pills? How is it prescribed? Emergency contraceptive pills are the hormones that are in other birth control pills used in a higher dosage and for a single dose or sometimes they're in divided doses that prevent pregnancy. And so they are taken after an unprotected or an inadequately protected act of intercourse and they prevent pregnancy in almost exactly the same ways that birth control pills and adepoprevera and patches do. What's a typical dose of the quote-unquote morning after pill? By far the best way to take emergency contraception now is for a woman to take two tablets of Plan B. Plan B is a progestin-only emergency contraceptive pill. It is comparable to taking a number of the progestin-only pill, Ovret. Ovret is now off the market, so the only way to get a progestin-only emergency contraceptive pill is to take Plan B. And it's almost universally recommended now that in spite of the package insert, which says take one and then repeat it in 12 hours, that you should take two tablets immediately as soon as you can after an unprotected act of intercourse, or if there's any question about how well you were protected. What's the progestin in Plan B? It's levonorgestrel. Now, if somebody doesn't want to go to the store and buy Plan B, can they use their Avcon 35 or can they use their Loestrin 24? How would they do that if they already have a pill package at home and don't want to bother? There are many pills that can be taken. You can use overall uh, two tablets and then repeat that in 12 hours. Now you do have to repeat them in 12 hours because, first of all, you're now using an estrogen. If you're using a combined birth control pill, you're using an estrogen and a progestin, and now you want to divide the doses. But they're basically several ways to do it. If you're using a 20-microgram pill like Aless or Lutera or Levlite or Avion or Lasinia, you take five tablets and you repeat it in 12 hours. If you're using a 30-microgram pill, you use four tablets and repeat it in 12 hours. If you use a 50-microgram pill, you take two tablets and repeat it in 12 hours. 
so that it's a little bit complicated. And I want to tell your listeners that they can refer their patients to a website on emergency contraception, or, or even easier, just call up the number one eight 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 not n o t two number two late l a t e. Now this can help them in a lot of ways. It can tell them exact dosages for a lot of different pills. It can tell them the name of five providers in their vicinity who would write a prescription. Now you know, although the FDA permits pharmacies to provide emergency contraceptive pills without a prescription, many pharmacies will not provide them without a physician's prescription. So if you're looking for that doc who will or nurse practitioner who will write a prescription for emergency contraceptive pills, you may have to do a lot of looking. And the way to find it out is to call the number one eight 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 not too late and you can get the names of clinicians in your neighborhood. If you have just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson, and my guest is Dr. Robert Hatcher, co-author of 19 editions of Contraceptive Technology. Today we are discussing emergency contraception. What about the safety of the morning after pill? I think the biggest question is, how many times in a month can somebody use Plan B? A woman may use Plan B as often as she wants to in a month. In fact, there are studies done at the WHO where multiple acts of intercourse are protected using Plan B, and it's used as a contraceptive. In that instance, it's taken within an hour of the act of intercourse. There is nothing wrong, harmful, or whatnot. The problem with using Plan B multiple times in the course of a month is that it's going to produce menstrual chaos. So you don't want to count on it the long haul. And secondly, it's not as effective as using a lot of other contraceptives. What about teratogenicity? Does it cause birth defects for pregnancies that result anyway? No, it is not teratogenic. And that really is what's behind our advice as to what to do if a woman has had sex within the last five days. And so therefore you could use plan B. You have up to five days uh, to use plan B. Now, what if she has also had intercourse prior to that that was unprotected? And so what we say is you may use Plan B to protect yourself from pregnancy from the unprotected acts of intercourse in the last five days. And if you became pregnant prior to that, Plan B you take at the present time will not cause birth defects. So pretty widely accepted that the Plan B does not cause birth defects. How does it work? Is it an abortificant? No. Plan B works just the way most other contraceptives. You're talking about the real controversy with regard to Plan B. Because in a small number of cases, it is taken after an act of intercourse that leads to fertilization, but it stops implantation. The most important way Plan B works is apparently to stop ovulation or delay ovulation. It's by far and away the most important mechanism of action. It's probable that in some instances, Plan B works by permitting fertilization, egg and sperm get together, and then you can't get implantation. And that's what causes concern for some people. That is not, according to the American College of OBGYN, the World Health Organization, the nurse midwifery groups, stopping implantation is a contraceptive effect not an abortifacient effect. Now, if that bothers 
a pharmacist, or if that bothers a woman, or if that bothers a physician, then they should be bothered by birth control pills, because birth control pills can work by permitting ovulation, permitting fertilization, and stopping implantation. The Depo-Provera injection can work by stopping implantation. The patch, the ring, can all work by stopping implantation. All of our hormonal contraceptives can work by stopping implantation. In fact, women who nurse their babies and want to get a contraceptive effect, it's quite common that those women ovulate and they can also get fertilization and the contraceptive effect is to block implantation. So The observation is that some of the contraceptive effect of nursing is that it might permit ovulation. Oh, might. In people who are fully breastfeeding, from month three to six, about 74% of those women will ovulate before their first period. My God. And so they get pregnant. They may get a fertilized egg, and then they are not able to implant. I got to tell you, I'm really extremely surprised because I actually have a number of religious people in my practice of all stripes. And in one case, I have a patient who has considerably irregular bleeding who is going to get a DNC, but she's strictly using contraception for four weeks uh, before the procedure can be scheduled, and she's actually nursing. But she wasn't going to use barrier methods for contraception just while she was nursing. You know, she didn't want to get pregnant, but she was willing to just use nursing as a preventive measure. So that's a very interesting nuance about how nursing prevents pregnancy. Okay, well, let me read you some numbers. The probability that ovulation will precede the first menstrual period in a lactating woman increases from 33 to 45% in the first three months to 64 to 71% in months 4 to 12 and 87% after that. In other words, a fully lactating woman who's counting on amenorrhea, the absence of periods to tell her that her method is working is not completely certain. Now, most of those women who ovulate do not become pregnant. The egg and sperm may get together, but they fail to implant on the lining of the uterus. So, the mechanism of action of breastfeeding is very much like the mechanism of action of all those other contraceptives we discussed earlier. And that is sometimes quite a shock to pharmacists who uh, yell and scream at people that if they take morning-after pills or Plan B, that they are causing an abortion. And one of the things that we are beginning to say to those people is, well, then I guess you don't like breastfeeding, and you don't like birth control pills, and you don't like IUDs, and you don't like any modern contraceptives. On a tangential subject, can you briefly touch on the safety of abortion? I think that one of the things that gets lost in some of the debate about the moral or ethics of abortion is the central medical fact of its uh, safety compared to simply carrying a pregnancy till term. First trimester abortion is very safe, and you have to get up into the late second trimester of pregnancy before doing an abortion equals the mortality rate of a pregnancy. I believe that's a correct statement. If memory serves, I recall that the death rate in the first trimester from abortions as measured by the CDC is on the order of one in 400,000. Exactly, exactly. The likelihood of dying of pregnancy is about one in 10,000. So 
abortion could be said to be 40 times safer exactly. than delivering at term. You got it. So this is not to negate philosophical objections to abortion, but it does negate safety objections. Right. One other thing about emergency contraception is that by far the most effective means of post-coital contraception is to insert a copper T380A or Paragard IUD. In mid-cycle? Anytime in the cycle. I want to thank Dr. Robert Hatcher, co-author of Contraceptive Technology, who has been our guest. We have been discussing emergency contraception. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson. You have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We would love to hear from you. For comments and questions about this program or suggestions for future shows, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. We really do read your mail. Be safe. Be informed. Thank you for listening.